I mean, it is such a weird world right now. It really is. I mean, never in a million years would I have thought that, A, that would be happening. And then that it's just like, oh, okay, just saying hello to him. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it is now. I could have said, hey, how's your brother Randy doing? But I know that I don't think they get along. I don't think so. you're supposed to talk about that. I don't think I was supposed to talk about that. <laughs> that wasn't part of it. But just what a surreal world. That's, I mean, for, yes, I mean, it's surreal on many levels, but for so you. So many levels. Yeah, for you, it's like a bunch of different ones. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, just the fact that that's where we're at right now yeah. with everything. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sarah Stillen. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us a lot to talk about today. But first off, I want to say thank you to everybody who goes to funemploymentradio.com and clicks on the Amazon link. We know a lot of people are ordering online. That's just the way it is. But if you can take one second and just go to our website and click on the Amazon link right there before ordering, that it really, does go a long way. That really does help us because, you know, we know a lot of, you know, small businesses are kind of struggling right now and we are also a small business. So, I mean, anything that you can do, because we might be, we're struggling a little bit too. So if you can do anything to maybe, you know, just an extra click to help us out, that would be super awesome. Yes. One We'd extra really click. appreciate it. Also, if there's a website that you frequently go to to purchase things, that's not Amazon and you're like, well, I wish you had a link to this. Tell me what it is because we can probably get a link. We for will it. slap that link up. <laughs> we'll, we'll put a link on there for you. So that's something we can do. Also, on today's show coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by the one, the only, Mr. Rick Emerson. Rick Emerson. Rick Emerson's going to join us from his uh, quarantine. From his bunker. From his quarantine bunker. Yes. Wherever it is, sitting high atop the milk packing district, I'm sure. But, um,. That's, an, that's, that's an old reference. What's that from? That's what he used to say. That is what he used to say. I'm like, <laughs> I know that. What's that from? Oh, yeah. 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 From the <laughs> from the milk packing district. It's the Rick Emerson show. Um, yeah. So anyway, Rick is going to be joining us here in just uh, just a little bit. So really excited to have him on. And if you're a, a supporter club member, we should have video. Uh, make sure, uh, we're working on it. We should have it. So that should be happening. But regardless, for you podcast listeners, the audio will be there. Uh, all right. So what I was talking about today is just... It's just every 24 hours is something different and mm-hmm. strange. Uh, today, for uh, Digital Trends Live, for the show that we're filming out of here, I um, ended up interviewing Dennis Quaid. That's so weird. Like, why? Dennis Quaid, because he's launching up a podcast network. <laughs> and he's got a podcast called The Denisance. <laughs> that is true. True story. It's called The Denisance, and it's a bunch of interviews. But the the weirdest thing, though, is just, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but the weird- I mean, he seems like kooky enough to do a podcast. He's kooky, yeah, and he little, knows a, a little, lot of people. A obviously, yeah. I mean, I mean the name Quaid. Right, yeah, you hear that? Yeah, the name. The name was he Quaid. the one that was married to Meg Ryan? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, he was. All right. Yeah, yeah, he was married to Meg Ryan, and I don't know. He's, I mean, but he was on, he was on their the show, but it was just weird because you know I'm in my living room and I'm talking to Dennis Quaid in like his living room or his bedroom or something wherever he was, and it was just strange. Like that's what today has brought yeah in quarantine land because he's he probably wouldn't be doing advertising for his podcast network if it wasn't for this because now they're like launching it they're like oh well now's a good time to get it out there and so it's just the you know everything kind of aligning it is bizarre where, i mean because it does seem it is kind of an equalizer of some sort like everyone's kind of in the same boat i mean because i was watching this video like probably about 10, 15 times this weekend of the Backstreet Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah. All, it, it made me so happy all singing I Want It That Way, um, but they were all from their own like respective houses uh-huh. and they layered it together so each of them in isolation sang their parts and then they they combined them all together for a video. It made me so 
ridiculously happy. I don't know. I was never like a big Backstreet Boys fan or anything because I was a little too old for it when they were um, when they were like boy band popular. Uh huh. But it made it made me very happy. See, and that's another thing. The world we're in. Oh, by the way, the timestamp. I know I have to give a timestamp every time because we are documenting the apocalypse. Uh, April sixth, twenty twenty. That is the t- today's date. Monday, April sixth, twenty twenty. Who knows what the seventh will bring? But we're here with you today. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that that's another thing, just a sign of what a strange time it is. The fact that the Backstreet Boys all recorded a video of their, like, a them singing their own song yeah, from each bit, of their some houses. Some look like they're doing pretty great. Like, all of them have, like, one of them's in front of a pool. The other one, like, has a giant chandelier and grand staircase behind them. I'm like, way to go. I mean, I think that Backstreet Boy money was pretty good. As yeah. long as they didn't, like, blow it all, they probably... I mean, they all pretty well. They all sounded pretty great, so it was it was kind of awesome to be like, look, I mean, everyone's stuck in their houses, so let's yeah. all do what we can. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's so funny. And just then you talk to Dennis Quaid. Yeah, and then I talked to Dennis Quaid. So what is his podcast going to be about? Uh, it's him interviewing people, like other actors. Uh, yes, other actors and other famous people and and people that he knows. So like he said, Billy Ray Cyrus, Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> so just all Billies. Um, all Billies, yeah. Just a Billy, Billy. <laughs> just a Billy just extravagant. <laughs> um, yeah, who else? There's, there was a bunch of people that he that he listed off that he's going to end up talking to. But yeah. Just, I wonder if there's anyone who would be like, no, Dennis Quaid, I do not want to be on your podcast. I didn't want to ask him that question. I did ask who his dream interview would be. Who was it? Bill Clinton. Because he knows Bill Clinton, of course, because he knows everybody. It's like, oh, yeah, Bill and I were really good friends, and I would love to have him on the show. Oh, so that wouldn't even just be his dream. It's just like somebody he's already friends with already. Exactly, yeah. I was like, well, that's not exactly what I was going for, because you already know Bill Clinton. But still, that's pretty cool to say Bill Clinton. Um, But yeah, that's that was it was just a strange day. Oh, yeah. It was strange. (laughs) That is. That's pretty (laughs) surreal. Um, But, you know, surviving in these times. I know you interviewed somebody else, but that's not airing for a little bit. That's That'll air tomorrow. I'm not going to say it. I'm not saying. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, tomorrow. Okay. We'll talk about the other one tomorrow. But uh, we have a guest who's going to be joining us here on this show. And as I said, is Mr. Rick Emerson. Yes. So um, anything else that you want to give for your apocalypse update here before we bring Rick on? Um, Anything you've encountered, Sarah? uh, No, but I did finish watching one of the most ridiculous Lifetime movies I've ever seen called, and I am not kidding, I do not make these titles up, Identity Theft of a Cheerleader. Oh, God. It was identity theft of a cheerleader. Yes. Identity theft of a cheerleader where a 31 year old woman who never graduated from high school and didn't make the cheerleading squad steals one of her coworkers, uh, high school, like basically high school cards to, and then pretends to like, she takes over her identity and pretends to be an 18 year old. Um, and and tries out for the cheerleading team, and then of course you know people get in her way, so she murders them, and it's oh she murders super, them. There's super yeah, it's lifetime. There's super murder. Yeah. Okay, all but right. It's hilarious. So it's like this crazy 31 year old who goes back to school, and she's like, I'm a teenager. It's great. I'm a teenager. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then and then murders people along the way. Murders yeah, children. Who, who get in her way? I mean, that's yeah. the lifetime way. Because everybody like, wants to stop way. her. Because yes. her dream that's worth murdering for is to be a high school cheerleader. Yes, because then she feels like if she could reset her life. So she's like, then if I'm the head of the cheerleading squad, that I can go to college and I can be president of my sorority. And then this is... Like I always wonder story. with those people who like pretend to be younger than they are, like how far do you are you going to take it? Like what is... What is your goal? Like, because if your goal is like for her to pretend to be a cheerleader and then go to like and then reset, graduate and, yeah. like, and go to college. But I mean, eventually your age is going to show no matter how good your genes are. Like, somehow it's going to come out. Oh, yeah. So it's like, how far along are you going to keep this going? You're going to pretend to be, like, 13 years younger than you are? It's weird. Yeah. Well, and then, like, there's a show, Younger, that I watched, which was really great, but it's a 40-year-old woman pretending to be 26. I'm like, you watch it, I'm like, 
and everyone like thinks that she's face. I'm like, really? Let's just <laughs> let's use our eyeballs here. Like she's a very pretty woman, but she's not 26 years old. Yeah, it's just I don't know. They're just so far fetched sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, it's this person is definitely not that age. I feel like you get caught like like going from 31 to like a teenager. I feel like you would get busted pretty quick by not being That's a, unless, unless you too. really follow every single trend on social media or whatever you know the kids are up to these days like that <laughs> then you would get busted at some point like why does cindy sound so old why does she talk like that yeah you know, someone... oh you know how they knew how? you know how they knew how spoilers well, okay spoilers because at one point uh she was talking and like it starts to unravel a little bit because she has a party at her house and then uh, there's a picture of her and her mom in the bathroom but one of the teenage girls sees it and knows that that place closed down 10 years <sighs> earlier but she still looked the same. So she's like, well, she wasn't eight, clearly, ten years ago. Oh. So that's when things start to unravel. And then she's talking to the boy that she likes. Because, again, there's some sort of, like, she's humping, like, a, an 18-year-old kid. Oh, so there's full-on, like, yeah. he's 18? They make sure to say he's eight. And, like, uh-huh. is this a statue? Oh, no, 18. Because okay. she's like, we're both 18. We're adults. We can do what we want. Oh, wow. Um, what is the name of this? A cheerleader stole my identity? Identity theft of a cheerleader. Identity theft of a cheerleader. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but then at one point, she, she's just like, he was talking about Shaq or something. And she's like, oh, I need to show you this awesome meme that I that I saw of Shaq. And he's like. She said meme? Uh-huh. And he's like, uh, you sound like my parents. He's like, it's a meme. And she's like, uh-oh. And that's when things start to go oh, topsy-turvy. No. You know what? I kind of want to watch this one. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty great. I do kind of want to watch. Some this of one. them are just so ridiculous. It's it was a pretty ridiculous one. Um, so I'm saying that's why they're really good for this time because there's so much real you know yeah. shit going on. If you can distract yourself by a 31 year old woman pretending to be an 18 year old to be the head of the cheerleading squad and date the varsity jock guy, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, Caitlin said, "Oh, that one girl from 90210 was old as fuck in high school with all them wrinkle lines." Oh, Andrea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Gabrielle uh, Cartieras. She was like, I think 30. So there we go. As an act, like in real life. In real life. Yeah. She was teenager. playing like a 17 year old. Yeah. yeah. Well, that explains a lot right there. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and do this. We're going to get our pal Rick Emerson on the line. So it's going to take me just a second for, for you podcast listeners. It'll be like a little bit of a, a cut right here while I while I bring him up. And then um, for everybody listening live or watching on video, well, you get to see behind the scenes of how this happens, which isn't that exciting. Let's just see if I can screw it up. All right. Here we go. Uh, in just a second, we're going to have Mr. Rick Emerson. Woo. Because I was watching this video, like, probably about 10, 15 times this weekend, of the Backstreet Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah. All, it, it made me so happy, all singing I Want It That Way. Um, but they were all from their own, like, respective houses. Uh-huh. And they layered it together. So each of them in isolation sang their parts. And then they they combined them all together for a video. It made me so ridiculously happy. I don't know. I was never, like, a big Backstreet Boys fan or anything. Because I was a little too old for it when they were, um, when they were like, boy band popular. Uh-huh. But... It made it made me very happy. See, and that's another thing. The world we're in. Oh, by the way, the timestamp. I know I have to give a timestamp every time because we are documenting the apocalypse. Uh, April sixth, twenty twenty. That is the t- today's date. Monday, April sixth, twenty twenty. Who knows what the seventh will bring? But we're here with you today. So, uh, yeah. But that that's another thing. Just a sign of what a strange time it is. The fact that the Backstreet Boys all recorded a video of their like a. Them singing their own songs yeah, from each of, of their some houses. Some of them look like they're doing pretty great. Like all of them have, like one of them's in front of a pool. The other one like has a giant chandelier and grand staircase behind them. I'm like, way to go. I mean, I think that Backstreet Boy money was pretty good. As yeah. long as they didn't like blow it all, they probably I mean, they are all, sitting pretty well. They all sounded pretty great. So it was it was kind of awesome to be like, look, I mean, everyone's stuck in their houses. So let's yeah. all do what we can. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's just it's so funny. And just then you talk to Dennis on. Quaid. Yeah, and then I talk to Dennis Quaid. So what is his podcast going to be about? Uh, it's him interviewing people, like other actors. Uh, yes, other actors and other famous people and and people that he knows. So like he said, Billy Ray Cyrus, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. So just all Billies. Um, all Billies. Yeah, just a Billy. <laughs> Billy. <laughs> just a Billy just Billies. extravaganza. Um. Yeah. Who else? There's, there was a bunch of people that he that he listed off. That he's going to end up talking to, but yeah. I wonder if there's anyone who would be like, no, Dennis Quaid, I do not want to be on your podcast. I didn't want to ask him that question. I did ask who his dream interview would be. Who was it? Bill Clinton. Because he knows Bill Clinton, of course, because he knows everybody. It's like, oh yeah, Bill and I were really good friends and I would love to have him on the show. Oh, so that wouldn't even just be his dream. It's just like somebody he's already friends with already. But... Exactly. Yeah. I was like, well, that's not exactly what I was going for because you already know Bill Clinton. But still, that's pretty yeah. cool to say Bill Clinton. Um, but yeah, that's that was... It was just a strange day. Oh, yeah. It was strange. Yeah. <laughs> that is. That's pretty <laughs> right? surreal. Um, but, you know, surviving in these times. I know you interviewed somebody else, but not, that's not airing for a little bit. That's right? That'll air tomorrow. I'm I'll talk about it tomorrow. It. Well, yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, tomorrow. Okay. We'll talk about the other one tomorrow. But uh, we have a guest who's going to be joining us here on this show. And that, as I said, is Mr. Rick Emerson. Yes. So, um, anything else that you want to give for your apocalypse update here before we bring Rick on? Um, anything you've encountered, Sarah? Uh, no, but I did finish watching one of the most ridiculous Lifetime movies I've ever seen called, and I am not kidding, I do not make these titles up, Identity Theft of a Cheerleader. Oh, God. It was... Identity Theft of a Cheerleader. Amazing. Yes, identity theft of a cheerleader, where a 31-year-old woman who never graduated from high school and didn't make the cheerleading squad steals one of her coworkers' uh, high school, like basically high school cards, to and then pretends to t- like she takes over her identity and pretends to be an 18-year-old, um, and and tries out for the cheerleading team, and then of course you know people get her away, so she murders them, and it's oh she murders super, them. They're super yeah, it's lifetime. They're super murder. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's hilarious. So it's like this crazy 31-year-old who goes back to school and she's like, I'm a teenager. It's great. I'm a teenager. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then and then murders people along the way. Murders yes, children. Who could get in her pretend. way? I mean, that's yeah. the lifetime way. Because everybody like, wants to stop way. her. Because yes. her dream that's worth murdering for is to be a high school cheerleader. Yes, because then she feels like if she could reset her life. So she's like, then if I'm the head of the cheerleading squad, that I can go to college and I can be president of my sorority. And then this is like... I always wonder with those people who like pretend to be younger than they are, like how far do you are you going to take it? Like what is... What is your goal? Like, because if your goal is like for her to pretend to be a cheerleader and then go to like and then graduate and and go to college, but I mean, eventually your age is going to show, no matter how good your genes are, like somehow it's going to come out. Oh yeah. So it's like, how far along are you going to keep this going? You're going to pretend to be like 13 years younger than you are. It's weird. Yeah. Well, and then like there's a show younger that I watched, which was really great, but it's a 40 year old woman pretending to be 26. I'm like, you watch it. I'm like. And everyone like thinks that she's face. I'm like, really? Let's just <laughs> let's use our eyeballs here. Like, she's a very pretty woman, but she's not 26 years old. Yeah, it's just I don't know. They're just so far fetched sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, it's this person is definitely not that age. I feel like you get caught like like going from 31 to like a teenager. I feel like you would get busted pretty quick by not being That's a, unless, unless you too. really follow every single trend on social media or whatever you know the kids are up to these days. Like mm-hmm. that, then you would get busted at some point. Like, why does Cindy sound so old? Why does she talk like that? Yeah. You know, oh, you know how they knew? How? You know how they knew? How? Spoilers. Well, okay, spoilers. Because at one point, uh, she was talking, and like it starts to unravel a little bit, because she has a party at her house, and then uh, there's a picture of her and her mom in the bathroom, but one of the teenage girls sees it and knows that that place closed down 10 years <sighs> earlier. But she still looked the same. So she's like, well, she wasn't eight, clearly, 10 years ago. Oh. So that's when things start to unravel. And then she's talking to the boy that she likes, because again... 
there's some sort of, like she's humping like a, an 18 year old kid oh so there's full on like yeah he's 18 they make sure to say he's eight and like uh-huh. this is a statue oh no 18 because okay. she's like we're both 18 we're adults we can do what we want oh wow um, what is the name of this a cheerleader stole my identity? identity theft of a cheerleader identity theft of a cheerleader okay yeah. all right um but then at one point she, she's just like he was talking about Shaq or something and she's like oh I need to show you this awesome meme that I that I saw of Shaq and he's like she said meme uh huh and he's like uh, you sound like my parents he's like it's a meme and she's like uh oh and that's when things start to go oh no you know what I kind of want to watch this one it's, I'm not gonna lie it's pretty great I do kind of want to watch some this of one. them are just so ridiculous it's it was a pretty ridiculous one. Um, so I'm saying that's why they're really good for this time because there's so much real you know yeah. shit going on. If you can distract yourself by a 31 year old woman pretending to be an 18 year old to be the head of the cheerleading squad and date the varsity jock guy, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, Caitlin said, "Oh, that one girl from 90210 was old as fuck in high school with all them wrinkle lines." Oh, Andrea. Yeah, yeah. yeah Gabrielle uh, Cartieras. She was like, I think 30. So there we go. As an act, like in real life. In real life, yeah. She was playing like a 17 year old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that explains a lot right there. Yep. Uh, All right. Let's go ahead and do this. We're going to get our pal Rick Emerson on the line. So it's going to take me just a second for for you podcast listeners. It'll be like a little bit of a a cut right here while I while I bring him up, and then um, for everybody listening live or watching on video, well, you get to see behind the scenes of how this happens, which isn't that exciting. Let's just see if I can screw it up. All right. Here we go. Uh, In just a second, we're going to have Mister Rick Emerson. All right, continuing on now with uh, our technical wizardry that was just happened here in the background. We are now joined <laughs> by the one and only Mr. Rick Emerson. Hello, Rick. How's it going? Why, hello and howdy. <laughs> <laughs> so how- this, is, this is so weird do, doing... so weird. Cor- I mean, I don't think we've ever talked to you like on the phone or via Skype like this. No. And just getting used to no. this quarantine thing is strange. No, here's the here's like the one... And this is a totally selfish thing. Uh, this applies only to me. Here's the one minuscule, like infinitesimal sliver of of silver lining to this cloud, is that now when people say, "Hey, what's Rick up to these days?" You can just be like, hey, "He's doing like fuck all. He's just sitting in his house, as are we all." And there'll be no shame in that. I don't have to like struggle to come up with something witty. I'm just like, "I'm at home. What are you doing?" That's right. I've been watching so many Lifetime movies, and I'm like, I usually wouldn't tell every, like anybody how many I was watching, but now I'm like, "Well, fuck it. Like nobody else is doing you, anything. You don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to be ashamed. I'm like, I watched three yesterday, and that's my no. life right now. Yeah. No, we are. It's very. It's weird, actually. I mean, first of all, I should say as a disclaimer, a, I'm a little under caffeinated, and b, I feel like there's probably nothing I can say, no observation I can make. That has not been made already and better by like everybody who even remotely like strolls near a microphone somewhere in in on television and podcasts like every it's all been said. So nothing I say is going to be original or whatever. But um, but it's weird that um, very rarely can you can you say with any degree of certainty that, you know, what's being talked about in any random house on your street or in any office I mean, I think probably there's only twice, maybe three times in my life counting this. There's 9-11, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then there was the night slash morning of the 2016 election. Um, and and now, I mean, it's, you know, there's really not a lot of times in life where you know you can pass any two people on the street and you know what they're talking about. So it's a, it's a weird 
it is a strange, strange time to be alive. Definitely, that is a that that's that, an interesting observation. That is an observation I, mean, I have not heard anyone yeah. say. Because yeah, think in about- your face, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Quaid thinks he's so special. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, it is true. Like no matter where you go, this is something, and it's worldwide too. It's not even just. It's not just here. It's not just the U.S. Yeah. It's not you know just Oregon. It's everywhere in the world. This is what people are talking about. It's strange. It's a strange feeling. Like who. I don't know. I just. I think I'm not, it's strange, but it's also strange for me to think as I'm thinking forward. Like, what is the world going to be like after this? That's what I right. keep getting distracted thinking about. Because my mom was even talking about going back to the casino. I'm like, mom, you probably like. I don't even know how they're going to do casinos. Like, you're going to have to wipe down every all that shit and like you know because people are always like kissing their hands and touching the screen and oh. doing all their weird, you know, like um, like good luck stuff. Yeah, thinking about that now. I mean, that's just so you know. Just since what's changed in the last month. Yeah. Now it's like, oh my god, how did anybody ever do that? So you still kiss clocks. Like you were my kissing clock. the clock. I was about to ask that. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Thing. My clock, just my phone, and then I'll like Clorox it down. I think I did something. I was Clorox wiping my car on the way, like before I got here, and sure. I think it, it did something to my touch screen because all of a sudden it kept like I think it accidentally called Greg, <laughs> and then it was like all like freaking out. I'm like, what the fuck did I do? Did I ruin my car with my Clorox wipes? I don't know. So it's very strange. Yeah. This is either a really good or really bad time to be OCD. I'm not sure which. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, you know what's weird is I'm sure that there were lots of people out there who were like reaching some breakthrough point with their shrink where they'd just gotten over washing their hands a hundred times a day. <laughs> and the shrink was like, all right, all right, Ted, you're cured. Never again. And then the next day, it's just like, Ted, this is this is doctor, you know, who's in flats. I'm sorry. You have to we have to undo everything now. Time, time to start washing your hands again. Oh. No, right now. Do it, do it this instant. That is that seems like a, a lot of people are like, oh, I was just about ready to break through in my career and something. Or I was just, you know, about ready to run a, my first marathon or something. And then all of this is just like, like yeah. everything just went out the window. Yeah, Rick, what have you been... Now I'd have to ask, like, am I really going to do it? Like, what has Rick Emerson been up to? What do you do What do you do during quarantine? What, what would you-, you say you do there? <laughs> um, it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird... I mean, I, I should actually say that even before this happened, I've intentionally been sort of... There's no way to say this without sounding like high-handed or like some... I don't know, some grass grubbing hippie or something. So I don't mean it like that, but it's like, I, you know, I'd already been sort of scaling down the amount of internet usage I did and like social media and even watching television just because I felt like, I just felt like for a while, especially, you know, with just what with the internet being the way it is, I'd already started to just kind of limit how much I would allow myself. Cause you know how it is. It's like, you just like internet usage is like the new, because no one really couch surfs on television anymore. Not that much, really. Not the way we used to. Yeah. But that the internet has taken that over where it's like, for me, it's like Wikipedia, where I will go to Wikipedia just to look up some specific thing. And like nine hours later, I'm just like, I'm just reading about something that's so hyper that I had zero interest in. And I have no idea. Like, I'm reading some Doobie Brothers like argument <laughs> in the talk section of Wikipedia. And I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> so it just is like the internet is like this. The internet is like a bad boyfriend slash girlfriend that will just take as much time and energy as you give it and doesn't know when you're giving it too much energy will never say like you should stop and get back to work so the so i've been scaling it down already but um so i'm kind of glad i started that because i feel like i feel like this is a good time to draw a balance between getting information and not getting too much information because, like, there's only so many times they can reach you the same stories in mm-hmm. any given news cycle. So that's a long way of saying that what I do is um, – so every day that I step out onto the porch and there aren't, like, 
gunshots or like open fires, I figure like, okay, like it's, you know, things are bad, but maybe they're not terrible quite yet. Um, and so I've been just trying to, uh, I don't know, just trying to keep my head down and not, cause I think it's really easy to like, look at my sister sent me something. And it was like a graph and it was like an, it was a, it was a, like a sort of a, like a, a timeline chart. And it was amount of time Americans spent looking at what was it time spent looking at exponential graphs. So it was like a meta joke because the graph itself was huge. Okay. <laughs> and, and I feel like there's this idea that if you just get enough information, if I just read enough statistics about the number of people recovered, the number of people, you know, who've died, the number of people who've got it, the number of people who've I feel like if I get enough information, then I'll somehow figure something out and I'll have a new strategy for living, which, of course, is just like ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like Bill Gates is on. It. He doesn't need my help. So <laughs> I have been trying to do everything I can think of that just like lowers my blood pressure. Um, you know, that's, a. Uh, this is, I'm just rambling now officially. So perfect. Really yeah. nothing. That's a long way of saying nothing. <laughs> no, I think you said a lot there. And I think that it is like good to know that you need to kind of separate yourself from, you know, all the bullshit on the internet all the time, because I'm, I'm my, I have friends who have just been like looking at things and like just reading all this misinformation online and then right. thinking, you know, if they have a runny nose or something, or if like, you know, they have an itch and there's like, Oh my God, I'm dying. And I need to like, it's, it just seems like such fear mongering right now. And people are so panicked and so afraid, like even, well, I, I, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I, no, I think you're onto something and it's, and I think sometimes it's with the best of intentions. It's like, I, and I was thinking about conspiracy theories a while back and how, so for example, I think there was a time not too not too long ago when, you know, I because I, I think it's no secret that a lot of times people go on the Internet and especially to certain parts of the Internet looking to be angered. You know, yeah. they're going looking for something to make them angry because that gives them some weird endorphin things. So it's like I'm not I'm not pissed off enough. I got to go find what somebody is saying about whatever. And and I've, I I have not. There was a time when I would have immediately gone to see what some, you know, just pick, insert some conspiracy nut bar. I would have gone to see what they were saying about it. And and I kind of haven't done that right now because I figure I just don't need more negative whatever in my head. But but I think that the thing with conspiracy theories, I was thinking about this, that conspiracy theories are sort of like, you know, like, uh, you know, there's the constellations with the stars. And I think it's, I might be getting this wrong, but it's that I think the Big Dipper is also the tail of Ursa Major, which is the big bear. So I think it's that I think part of the big bear is also the big dipper. And so but they but they overlap. In other words, they they have stars in common. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is that with just like eight or nine stars, you could really sketch any number of things, draw the lines in any number of ways and come up with any kind of picture that your brain spits out at you. And that's what we're doing right now, I think, where it's people go online and they find sometimes maliciously, but I think often just in a, a, a genuine search for information, they find little bits and pieces and their brain stitches it together in some way that might not be positive, but that makes sense given their worldview. And that's kind of how people come up with all kinds of, not even conspiracy theories, but weird beliefs. And I think if you, if you are inclined to think that every time you have a headache, it's a tumor the size of a grapefruit, then you're going to be able to find something online about your sniffles, you know? And if you, I don't know, if, if you went to a party one time and everybody got sick afterward except for you, you're going to be able to go online right now and find something that tells you that you're invulnerable. <laughs> and so I, like for myself, like I have limited 
the number of websites that I will go to to get like actual medical information. So really, if it's not from like Johns Hopkins or CDC.gov or the Mayo Clinic, well, like I don't fuck with it. Like I just, you yeah. know, that's because if you go looking for the Internet is like a perfect mirror that will show you whatever it is you're looking for. And you know, that's a you don't need to be, you know, you don't need to have your worst, darkest fears confirmed by Eric Blood Axe 666. <laughs> like that. I, well, and that's so true because people are finding these weird conspiracy theories because I have to talk about. Oh, yeah, you Some read about a lot of trends them, right? I had to. Yeah, because there's the 5G one now. I read that one. Is it like when they're like, <clears throat> sprinkling stuff on people or something? Uh, Wait, hold on. 5G. Can I can I guess? Is yes, it, does it have to yes, do this? Yeah, please. Does it have to do with, with the corona thing? Yes. Well, so is this is this now is this in any way related to the people who are somehow convinced that Wi-Fi is like giving their kids extra heads or whatever? Um very tangential, yeah, if not overlapping <laughs> a lot. Yeah, because there's a whole, you know, there's a whole thing where they've, yeah, where people are somehow convinced that, I don't know, Wi-Fi is radiating their insides and, and whatever. And so, so no, so no, you have, so now I have to see now I have to do that thing that I wasn't going to do. Now I have to know. You have to tell me what this is. So what they're saying is, it, here's how the conspiracy theory works. They're saying that 5G was started in that China rolled out 5G first in Wuhan. And by the way, none of this is true. Rolled out first in Wuhan. And because they rolled it out in Wuhan, the 5G, the way it's all set up is it's really sinister because it's created in part by Bill Gates in order to um, irradiate humans like immune systems so that you're more susceptible to diseases. So they started with Wuhan. They released it there. And then because of that, now the 5G and other places are trying to do it too. And so in the UK is where it's like really taken root, where they have these people going out and confronting like these poor workers laying down like, you know, fiber optics lines because you need fast communication right now. That's, that's actually really yeah. important. Uh, so, so they're essential workers. And you, they have all these videos of this. There's this one woman just yelling and screaming at this guy who's clearly just like, you know, I'm just happy I have a job right now. I'm laying some cable down in the totally. cement. Like I'm out here, out here worried about coronavirus and this lady's like harassing him. And then they went and burned down a cell tower. And this was over the weekend, uh, burning down a cell okay. tower because they thought the 5G was spreading the coronavirus to everybody. Here's, here's the key. Here's how you can figure it out. You take the 5G tower and then you dunk it in the town square. And if it floats, <laughs> then it's not responsible. <laughs> that's really the key. That's they're doing it. They're almost there, but they haven't quite got it nailed. Hey, just as a side note, again, I I feel like everybody has said all this, but when you talk about Wuhan, do you have to fight back the urge to say it like Buster Rhymes? Wuhan. Oh yes, yeah, yes. I got you <laughs> okay. all in check. Yeah, it's oh, it's so exactly. hard not to finish it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that I this is this is not the time, and it's too soon. My brain won't turn these things off. It's, it's just, okay. It's just they just come out. No. So have you been avoiding like? Because I, I know you don't really do a lot of social media or anything. Do you ever go on there at all, or is that just something that you just don't really participate uh, in at all? I'll sometimes like go on Twitter, but I just go on like the in the browser. Like I don't, you know, like I, I don't really use the Twitter app or whatever. But I'll sometimes. I mean, there's a couple people who post stuff that's either funny or interesting. Like I'm a big fan of um, so the, the musician Jason Isbell. Um, his uh, um, his Twitter account is. I mean, he's a really smart guy, but he's also hilarious. And so, and he's hilarious in kind of a humane sort of life affirming way sometimes like he's not like a sort of dick and so i'll i'll follow like and he and the comic uh paul f tompkins mm -hmm. um and Patton oswald are all sort of like a mutual admiration society so they'll do these like fantastic threads where it's jason isbel and paul f tompkins and Patton oswald sort of just riffing off each other and so i'll do that every now and again but um 
but I mean, I have, it's been for, I mean, well, I mean, literally the last time I used, like actively used Twitter was, um, eight and eight years and four months ago. It's whenever, it's whenever I ended my show. Um, oh, yeah. and see also Facebook. I mean, cause especially cause every time I go on Facebook, you know, no one ever uses Facebook and then leaves Facebook going, you know, like I feel better about humanity or even <laughs> I feel better about that person. No one ever comes back from Facebook with That's a correct. better opinion of anybody that they encountered there. It's like it's like it's like some reverse dry cleaning for humanity where it's like you use it and you just come out just covered in just, you know, in, in just some sort of weird foulness. So so that's a long way of saying that, no, I, I haven't really been using a lot of social media just because, you know, it's just it is a. Uh, it's a time suck. I, I, yeah. I don't well, know. it's just well. Thing. And again, yeah. And, and yeah. And it's and I think by definition, I think here's actually wrote this down. I don't want to see. I feel like I'm starting to pontificate a lot, which is fucking pointless. I love no, it. that's exactly what we want. Bring um, it. <laughs> yep. But um, I did write this down. This is what happens when I can't sleep at like 2 a.m. or whatever. So I wrote this down last night. By the way, I should say for the record, and I really believe this. This is just a thing that occurred to me is like you know a goof. So I'm not. So whatever. Like it's you know, this is this is just this is just humor. I wrote down what if Skynet created the virus to force us back onto social networks because. <laughs> It was like we've all sort of like in the last six months, we've all been like, I don't know, maybe I'm using Facebook. To, maybe maybe Twitter's a bad idea. Maybe I should go outside and walk around and interact with humans in the flesh. So what if the what if like the Internet itself has already achieved self-recognition and self-awareness and it knew that we were scaling down our Internet usage? And so then Skynet is like, all right. Uh, we need something to get humans back inside the house so they're not talking to each other in person. We need uh, everybody plugged in and just doing everything online again. What can we come up with that will uh, make that work? Anyone? Anyone? And then, like, DiseaseBot 9500 sort of has this. <laughs> I've got this idea. And, you know, and so here we are. I'm not saying this is true. I mean, it could be true. It's probably it could true. Be. But it's I was very totally true. This totally did remind me of when you had said, um, was it like a year or two ago, maybe, that you thought that MySpace was going to have a resurgence? Because maybe now is the time. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. This is your time to get your Friendster account or, you know, like, this is the, you know, to, I mean, I, I feel like I just have, you know, I have all of these stupid things that have just been piling up in my head. Um, Tell us I, some I, of First them. of all, yes. well, I was say some of these are related to this. Some of these are not. Um, I do want to take just a moment to say that, like, and I have, I have, as we all should, I have all the respect in the world for you know, first responders and, you know, for medical people who were, you know, sort of hip deep in all of this. I mean, that's, you know, that doing God's work and I wouldn't want to do it and, you know, and good for them. And I, and I mean that sincerely. I mean, that's, I have absolute respect for those people. I have been thinking a lot about, I feel like I'm just being Johnny Buzzkiller. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I feel like everything I say today is just somehow like, you know, we all need to learn something right now. And that's Rick okay. Emerson's the too. Man. Yeah. Yeah, t- yeah. Tell us your thoughts. But, you know, I've been thinking a lot about it's hard to classify who's an essential employee and who's not or whatever, but about people that, that are really, you know, in some ways are sort of, you know, the backbone of a, of a lot of, of American, a lot of productivity that we're not talking about and thinking about. I mean, like checkout clerks, Mm. for example. I mean, I'm glad that the stores have finally started putting up like the plexi shields at some of those places. So, you know, um, you know, so they have a little bit of, of shielding, but I mean, and the reason I mentioned the first responders and cops and all that is because, Again, I have absolute respect for them. At the same time, you also know that 
a certain amount of risk comes with the job. You know, when you sign up to be an emergency room doctor or a cop or a firefighter or a paramedic, you know that you are signing on for a certain degree of exposure to some things and that there's, you know, and that there are potential hazards in that job and real hazards. You know, if you're a checkout clerk, you know, you just wanted a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, you just wanted something to make some money to pay the, to pay the bills. And literally almost overnight, you know, you are there all day waiting on, you know, you're 18 inches away from this endless procession of strangers, any of whom might be unknowingly infected, mm-hmm. handling money, handling credit cards, handling people who are under a lot of stress, people who, you know, and depending on what store you shop at, there's some of those, some of those customers are street people and, you know, and people who don't have houses to live in and they've got to, you know, they get a little money together, they go in to buy something. And by definition, they're already in one of the highest risk groups imaginable. And there you are as a checkout clerk, you know, helping them out and ringing them up and talking to them or, you know, whatever, just standing right next to them. And, you know, I haven't seen or even heard about a checkout clerk anywhere walking off or saying they won't help with somebody or, you know, and it's, you know, that's a thing that we don't really think about a lot. I mean, I like the guy who pumps my gas, you know, the same way. I mean, that guy already has, a, I mean, even before this, that guy had a worse day every day than I do. And, you know, he's standing out there breathing gas in whatever kind of weather, handling money again and credit cards. And by definition, dealing with people all day long who have been traveling because they're in cars and, you know, or janitors and, you know, janitors who were there a month ago who just were pushing a broom for a living. And now they're pushing a broom through this you know, a possibly infected wasteland and it's, they just don't know. And so it's, you know, it's just worth considering a lot of those, a lot of those jobs I think are invisible to most of us. Um, You know, a lot of the service industry, you know, we just don't see those people. They sort of fade into our periphery. And so I've been trying to be a little bit more, you know, conscious of all of that. Boy, I'm just like, I am, no, I am, I really think, just becoming no, a downer, I think. that is not. I think that's very yeah. important because I go, um, you know, I, I wear, like, my gloves and everything and, like, stay away from people. But I go to the grocery store every day and, like, I see um, – it's my grocery store that I go. So I see the same people every day. And you can see how kind of, like, downtrodden they are a bit and, like, how sometimes people are being, you know, rude or disrespectful to them. When Meanwhile, they're just trying to restock all of the, um, you know, goods and services that everyone needs. And then but, – but then you also see the kindness as well. But, I mean – my gosh, you're right about them being on the front lines. I mean, they're dealing with everything. Well, that's what I mean. It's that I mean, I I mean, I'm I'm sure that there are exceptions to this, but I mean, I don't. I mean, from what I've seen, I think everybody has continued to show up to work. You know, and obviously they're grateful to have jobs right now. But at the same time, I think you know, it's easy to imagine some people saying, "Well, like job schmob, like you know, however many dollars an hour is not enough to like you know walk into." You know, to deal with people who might be infected, who might be whatever, or who just might have a meltdown, which seems, you know, increasingly likely with every day. But I think, you know, those people continue to show up and they continue to do their jobs. And it's it's pretty it's easy. You know, times are weird when I'm like the voice of warm, cuddly humanity. But it's <laughs> like it is I it is um, I'm happy to be surprised by the way that people seem to be reacting to this for the most part. I mean, you know, this is a. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like this is this is, I think, officially the sort of thing that I, I should have saved to the end is like my big, you know, my big wrap up statement. But, um, you know, I was out somewhere today and I saw I mean, you could see it in a million places because a lot of a lot of businesses have this sign up. You know, it was the um, driving by the Aladdin and the Aladdin has a thing on the reader board and it says 
um, stay safe, wash your hands, see you soon, we're all in this together. And that we're all in this together is I think that a lot of you know, businesses have posted when they've closed and a lot of, you know, a lot of places have that up in the window. And it's, it is worth noting that, you know, we've always all been in this together. We were in this together last year. And someday when we get a handle on all of this, we'll all still be in this together. And it would be nice to think that whenever this evens out in four months or nine months or six months or whatever, that we'll carry a little bit of that forward and you know and to to not immediately just sink back into you know just pure dickism which i think is just like you know not just my natural state but i think the natural state of a lot of people and it's easy to you know it's easy to lose touch with with that in fact of all people of all people trent Reznor. so i don't know if you saw this but everybody i have to say just as like a if you want to look at again it's Nothing is really an upside or a silver lining. But, you know, it's worth thinking about that of all the times in humanity for this to happen, this is the best time for that to happen. It's like my thing that I always say about how the past sucks. You know, people are always that the past is the golden days of the, you know, but the past blows. There was nothing better in the past. The past, you know, generally, I mean, there are from day to day, things can vary. But generally speaking, the present is always better than the past by most metrics and the future is always going to be better than the present by most metrics if you think about if this had happened 15 years ago or 20 years ago think about you know how isolated people would be then you know i can like my 84 year old mother and i can facetime and you know and she can i can see how she's doing it's one thing to talk to her but i can see how she's doing and she can see how i'm doing and you know i can show her the dogs and the dogs can see her and we can you know and it's and you know the number of ways that you're able to support you know restaurants and businesses of all kinds and musicians and the way that they are able to provide you know it's funny in and just jump in and tell me to shut up at any point but it's it's you know we have this weird duality in america where It's more pronounced, I think, in America, where we value art in every way except finance, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like we as a country, I mean, there are exceptions, obviously, but as a country, you know, we we talk a lot about the importance of art and the importance of art to our to our lives and to our culture and to our humanity, you know, but if you if you're growing up and you tell your parents you're going to be an artist, you know, you, you get like a sort of long look and then a, uh-huh, uh, great. And then, you know, and then it's a, then it's a long meeting with the guidance counselor. But, <laughs> but as I think we're finding out, I mean, art is a really, truly vital thing in terms of, you know, whether it's music or whether it's comedy, whether it's something to watch on television. I mean, as you guys heard me say this for years, that whenever anybody would say that, you know, our show made a bad day better or it made a commute shorter or whatever. That's like the best compliment that I could ever receive. And Mm -hmm. so Trent Reznor, he's one of a bunch of people who've done this, but he put out, um, he's been putting out these instrumental albums every 18 months or so for the last couple years. And he put out two volumes, like I think it was three or four days ago. Um, It's um, they're just instrumental and they're called ghosts volume five and ghosts volume six. And First of all, the track listing of of Ghosts Volume Five, they're all very appropriate to this moment. But he um but he put out this statement. He said, although each of us defines ourselves as antisocial types who prefer being on our own, this situation has really made us appreciate the power and need for connection. And so 
Trent Reznor is not really the first guy you think of when, you know, when you're trying to conjure up happy-go-lucky rainbows, <laughs> you know, bunnies. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, it really is worth noting that as much as technology can sort of impact our lives in a negative way, I mean, it is also, humanity is, uh, you know, technology is this magic mirror that shows you whatever you're looking for and shows you whatever you're seeking. And as much as it can be destructive and divisive, you know, um, it's, it is sort of surprising and heartening to see how many people when left to their own devices or given the choice, you know, choose to use something, um, you know, for good and for connection and to not just be, you know, another flame throwing dickhead. Yeah. So. No, that's true. Even like going on my walks and everything, I've been, you know, a lot of businesses have boarded up their windows and everything, but I mean, more so than just seeing fear, I also see hope. A lot of, you know, people writing things and, you know, and it is like hippy dippy and it's great. Like, like signs posted on polls saying like, we're all in this together, Portland, you know, like you were saying, like, we can do this, you know, I love you. We're, you know, and just like really nice supportive things. So it is nice to see, you know, people trying to have a sunnier disposition about something that really fucking sucks. Uh, I drove by the Baghdad and the, uh, the Baghdad theater and they, uh, I, somebody's probably already doing this, but I, I hope somebody is out there taking photographs of somebody needs to do like a someday, like a full on book book, like a coffee table book that is just photographs of all of the, all of these interstitial, like temporary signs that are up in businesses and up in windows right now. Rick, it's Um, like, it's like we uh, are great friends and you've known me forever because you know, I've taken like a billion of those pictures and I have the Baghdad one. (laughs) I have a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I saw it, I saw it today and it was like on, and it's, even better because they're movie references. There's, there's like a dual facing billboard and one side says there's no place like home, which is funny and appropriate and, you know, and also useful. And the other side says the force will be with you always. And it's, you know, that's kind of, you know, it would be easy. You know, I think, I think we're reflexively ironic or cynical or whatever about stuff. And it's easy to do that when, you know, that's, that is something of a luxury, you know, that's a thing you can, you know, that's a thing you can do when hope is abundant and not in short supply and you know it's uh anyway so it's uh it's a it's a strange but the strange but strangely affirming uh you know moment in some ways it's unifying seeing something like that i mean yeah. even if, whether you're a star wars fan or you're not a star wars fan i mean just seeing something like that or is, wizard of oz fan or wizard of oz yeah. fan or yeah yeah um you know whatever 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 it is that you're you're in just something like that to bring I guess just to reflect on what you're just saying, like something to bring people together rather than, you know, the flame throwing dick bags like you talked about, <laughs> you know, a, which, which are abundant, I mean, but there'll be plenty of time for that later. Yeah, you know, presumably. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're out there, but well, Rick, I know that you haven't been playing video games, but do you have any um, recommendations for like book? I know you haven't been watching television either. Do you have any like books or anything that you've been into that you'd like to recommend to the folks to, you know, since we all have a little bit more time on our hands? <laughs> yes, I, uh, uh, well, you know, it's, it's, I, and I haven't been like not watching television shows that I really, because the other thing is like, I've been, just, you know, I've been sort of working on some projects at home and stuff. And so it's like the minute I started doing that, and this is a few years ago, the minute I started kind of working at home, I got rid of my Xbox because, and that was just about me because it was like, no matter what time of day it was, even if it was a Saturday, it, you know, nine at night, if I was working at home, just the instant I started picking up like the video game controller, I just felt like a loser. It was just, it was a total, like a mental thing for me. 
it's the same reason that even if I'm working at home, I have to get up and like shave and comb my hair and like, you know, get dressed normally and put on pants and whatever, just because if not, I just feel, you know, I just feel like one of my Jagoff cousins. So, <laughs> um, so I have scaled down my television usage, but I've been, uh, so I, um, I finally watched, uh, the Irishman, the Scorsese film. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I am, and I'm not caught up with this yet. I'm like four episodes behind, so no spoilers, but I'm nearly caught up with Better Call Saul, um, which is just, you know, just continues to be astounding uh rick did you watch did you watch the outsider uh so here's the thing about that okay i'm trying to decide the answer is no but i'll tell you why because i'm not sure whether i should read the book first or watch the series first book book i thought you read the book for some reason absolutely book. no no i haven't it's um uh, i'm just like stephen king writes faster than i can read frankly so (laughs) it's you know um it's because it used to be that you would uh, this guy Brian Brushwood I think his name was made this observation that it's it used to be that you would um you know that if you watch the movie then you know the movie was sort of you know it would always like a scaled down disappointing version of the book or whatever and it's like well do I want to you know but now we've reached the point where books and the movie adaptations are sometimes one isn't necessarily better than the other they're both in depth and they're both these long satisfying journeys they're just different it's like two artists sketching the same woman or something it's just different takes on the same idea so that being said i've heard the outside so here's why that's amazing hold on uh because literally <laughs> when you guys called me you asked me what book i was reading yes uh you asked me what i'm reading right now so right now i'm reading i will say up front this book is a gigantic i'm only like a third of the way in and i can already tell it's going to be a big kick in the balls so you know whatever <laughs> um but it's this book called freedom land by this author named richard price Richard Price is a crime. He's a crime novelist. He worked on The Wire. He wrote the book Clockers. He wrote oh. the movie Sea of Love, uh, Color of Money. But at the same time, he also did the TV adaptation of The Outsider. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So he's, which is sort of surprising because he's, uh, like I said, he's not. You know, he does almost exclusively crime fiction. But I guess The Outsider is a crime story in its own way. It yeah, absolutely. Um, is, yeah. So I'm I have been trying to figure out whether. But what do you think? Should I read the book first or watch the uh, show first? I would say read because well, real quick, you read uh, the Mister Mercedes trilogy, right? I did. So this is the so this is the final. So this it's, basically has a, it's the same world. It's associated with that because I mean, it has Holly Gibney. In it it right? has Holly Gibney right. in it. Yes. But that's about the end of the. But that's yeah exactly. That's about the end yeah. of the association, except for like a couple references. But I mean, if you liked that world of the the world of Holly Gibney, then yeah, the book is incredible, and then the show's. Uh, Excellent too. I mean, I'll say the the series follows pretty closely to the book. They did a really good job with the series. I mean, it's it's really good. Um, it does, you know, like anything adaptation, it differs yep. in certain ways. But on, in some ways, it's it's like you said, it's like it's it's not bad. It's not worse. It's just it's a different take on it. But I would definitely read the book first and okay. to get that full understanding of what's going on because there's always more detail in the book and that's still I think it's Will Patton that reads yeah it's the, Will, yeah, yeah, the so audio book's really too. good yeah so it's the, the audio book is amazing nerd I know <laughs> it's so I, can good. I just tell you by the way give me Holly here's give me. Yes. Bill I don't care for the way that you talk to me oh, um, no. the, um, I will say two things one so I was watching Better Call Saul a while back and one of the he's a recurring character on Better Call Saul is I was watching it, and I was—I immediately was like, "Oh my God, it's audiobook narrator Dennis Butakaris!" So, <laughs> I mean, by his voice alone, I recognized one of my favorite audiobook narrators. Like when he appeared on screen on Better Call Saul. Um, uh, so Stephen oh, King again—he's just like 
he's just got a machine in his basement, I think, to just write shit. Um, yeah. So he's got a book coming out in May called um, If It Bleeds. And it's um, it's an anthology, or not an anthology, but it's a, it's a collection of, of short stories, like a bunch of novellas. And I do know that one of them is a short, it's like a novella, so it's like maybe 100 pages or so. It's a quasi-sequel to The Outsider. What? So, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so okay. it's like a little bit of a follow-up to The Outsider. I don't know anything about it because I deliberately tried to not learn anything about it because I haven't read the book or anything yet. So, But yeah, that's coming out in May. It's a little, it's a brief follow-up to The Outsider. Rick, isn't this refreshing that we're not in a studio in a radio station being told that we can't talk about books? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is, actually. <laughs> I'm honestly, all right, so really quick, just uh, to finish our book talk, um, I'm reading Needful Things for the first time, so I'm about uh, two-thirds really? of the way through. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it, because I want to go back, because I um, was watching Castle Rock, which is based, you know, in Stephen King's world, and a lot of, like, right. little bits and pieces of different books. So I'm I'm going back and reading and rereading some of his older stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying that. And then next up, I think I'm going to do Salem's Lot, which I've never I've never read. Salem's Lot is interesting. It's um, his. Uh, it's uh, it's been a while since I've read that. You know what I read for the first time? I'd never read it until two years ago, and it like, I mean, it sounds dumb to say that like I was surprised at like how good a Stephen King book is or whatever because he's such a great author. But I had never read Carrie, and uh. I it like it. I was floored by how good it was. I mean. Not just that it was, I mean, because, you know, I, I don't really, I, I'm not really a fan of the movie Carrie. And it's, I mean, I sort of liked the idea, but I just didn't really, you know, I, I never really cared for it all that much. And I never saw the remake or whatever. So, but like most people, I was familiar with the story and I kind of knew the gist of it. And I knew a lot of how he wrote it and the backstory, but it occurred to me that I'd never actually read it. And I, so I went to the library and I just got a copy of Carrie. And First of all, it was, I mean, it was incredible, and it was not at all what I expected. In other words, so if you've seen, I mean, the basic plot points, and it's this girl with telekinesis and whatever, that's the same. But if you've seen the movie, you are not prepared for the book, because the book is done in a very different way, uh, and in a way that makes, it's it's done in a way that makes the unrealistic as realistic as is possible. Um, And I, I will also say that just, it's one of those books where it just like kind of takes your breath away. And I can't imagine what it would have been like to read it in the seventies when it came out. It's um, if Carrie came out today, I will guarantee you this. If Carrie came out today, it would be pushed as a, as a YA novel, as a young adult novel, because it absolutely has that vibe. And you can totally see the influence that Carrie had on young adult novels that followed. If anybody has not read the book of Carrie, I absolutely recommend it. It's even if you think you, even if you think you understand the story and know the story, it really is. It's an exceptional book. All right. Well, now I'm hmm. going to listen to Carrie next. <laughs> I think I read that one up in don't, a long don't time Don't listen ago. to the audiobook though. Okay. I have to say. Okay. So read it, read it with my eyeballs. Oh, really? I will read with my eyeballs. Yeah. God bless her. Sissy Spacek does the audiobook, and they cast her because she was Carrie in the movie. She, I love Sissy Spacek. Great actress, not a great narrator for this book. Um, it's disappointing. You are you are better served, and without giving anything away, the format in which Stephen King wrote the book lends itself to being read. That's what I'm enjoying about Needful Things too, because it is an older book, and there are you know like separations of like the you know the parts and their little pictures and the chapters and the way that things are italicized and spaced out, yep. like the way that he does it. It's a beautiful layout the way that he writes. 
you will love then you'll yeah it's you'll love that because uh, then you then you'll like carrie it's very much the same way where it's like a, it's almost like an epistolary novel where it's i think salem's lot might have some of that too where it's and the, i know the shining does where he intersperses it with like uh fictitious you know newspaper articles yep. and sections from magazines and sections from you know pop songs of the time that i think he kind of made up and it's you know it's it very much is almost like a scrapbook in some ways it's really really good Ooh, all right well now i know now and there's gonna be a rush for carry novels everywhere seriously yeah hey, can i just can i just ask a non um non-horror non-virus question that's been bugging me for a long time yes yep. okay this is a question i mean i guess technically for both of you but i mean but you know greg you're you're like a big you know sports guy and whatnot <laughs> i don't even know where i was going with that uh-huh. i just that's, uh, no that's fine so so I have two questions. One is sort of a ramp up, and then the other one is like the. So we'll do these in reverse order. Okay. okay. This one has no definitive answer, probably. But why did soccer suddenly take off when hockey, which is essentially the same sport, has not taken off in this country? Um, well, soccer is something that anybody can play. I think is really what it comes down to because you don't need. Like hockey's expensive. Wait, you better want to. You might want to reword the way you said that. Anyone can play soccer because well, like you no. were saying like it has no skill. I mean, there isn't. You just kick a ball. No, I, no, I'm just kidding. There, there's plenty of skill. But what I'm saying is, like hockey is expensive, so people don't have access to all that stuff. Uh, and versus ice are kind of hard. Versus soccer. I mean, you just need a ball. You just need a ball. I mean. Sarah's looking at me like I'm like, saying something wrong. I'm not that. wrong. I mean, there's not much more equipment I, than I, that. Whatever you think. Uh, but. Yeah, I think that's it. And then because European soccer is so big that finally they started showing it here in the U.S. more. And so that's why I think. Okay, so in terms of the fandom being so big, you think it's because of the European, like we finally got access, we were able to watch it. And so suddenly people are like, oh, now that I've seen it. I think they I pushed like it more. Person. Yeah, to where to where yeah. people people are watching it more. But yeah, I think also just the fact that, yeah, you can you can play it anywhere. Yeah, and also right. I think... I think a lot of because it's also like kind of a club and atmosphere too, isn't it? Like it feels almost like you're part of something. Well, that's watching it. Yeah, but you're like about pr- playing. playing it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, more people can play it. Okay, because it's hockey. a weird. Because you know, it occurred to me the other day that you know, even I mean, I, I'm sure that there are hockey fans out there who are not like this, but I mean, I think for almost everybody in the, in the nation, I think like the only. I mean, why is it the only hockey player anybody can name is Wayne Gretzky? What's that about? <laughs> oh, God, don't even get me started on hockey. My sister's husband is just, it's its hockey this, hockey that all the time. Thankfully, I don't know any of the names because I just kind of blank it out when he's talking about it. But there are definitely people who are just full on, like, if you like to play hockey, you, I don't know a casual person that's just like, oh, I play hockey from time to time. You either don't play hockey or you fucking play hockey as right. much as you can. <laughs> Yeah, that, and that's a hundred percent true. It is like there's no there's no casual hockey player. Like I mean, every person and you did I the know. voice correctly too. And they totally say in that voice, "I play hockey." Yeah, exactly. It's totally, and they're all like big refrigerator shaped guys from Philadelphia. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. So now here's the bigger question. Okay. And um, so I can only say this. I can only ask this question right now because Boston is distracted with the pandemic. Um, so why? Is it pronounced Celtics, not Celtics? I understand why the rest of us would say Celtics, but in Boston, of all fucking places, right. why are they mispronouncing it? I, you I've know, I don't know the that answer well. to that. I've I've tried to look it up before, and I don't remember if I ever found like a real answer. Other than probably some guy called it that back in the day. The, probably the owner originally. That's how he said it, so everybody else had to say it that way. 
Um, that would be my but, guess. I mean, can't you? I mean, doesn't it seem like? And everything I know about Boston just basically just comes from like Dennis Lehane novels. So I could be totally, you know, and like the town. So, but doesn't it seem like Boston is a place where they they they'd not just correct you; they'd fucking correct you. You know, <laughs> <Yes>. and they, <laughs> I and believe they'd say, it. "Look, you fucking chowder head. It's it's Celtics. You fucking yeah. jag off." And it's like that's. I mean, it's weird that they just let that slide there, where they're all about you know the heritage. Yeah, that's true. You would think of all places. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one. It just seems weird. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I know. Unfortunately, that the that's the only answer I have. Weird. Fair enough. That's okay. I just <laughs> want to make sure that I'm not the only one thinking about it. Okay. No, you're, you're, you're not. You're not. <laughs> well, Fair. Uh, well, I guess, well, what should we, should we wrap it up? What should we do? Because I know you have a meeting. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked at what time it was. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> we could sit and talk forever. Well, Rick, do you want, can we maybe like do like a once a week with you or something during this the whole yeah, time? Would that I be can, cool? I can I can do that. Wanna, All right, let's do that. Be our Monday Look, I got like a lots of dumb observations. I got a whole page. Perfect. Let's just do uh, Mondays with Rick Emerson. Yeah, because we've been, uh, as soon as we had said that you were coming on the show, I received a bombardment of, of emails and questions, of course, of people saying like, oh my God, is Rick having a show on? Like people I haven't heard from in years, like names you would recognize, Rick, and there's like, hey, sir, no, long time to talk. I hope, you know, fun employed is going well or, you know, some sort of like misconstrued name. But they're like, uh, so how's Rick doing? So is he starting a show? Uh, let me know. Okay, thanks. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, it bye. really is again you know it's it's not like there's ever a good time for something like this to happen but of all the times you know of all the years that humanity has existed this is you know this is the best time for this to happen if it was going to happen that's it's a, true that's a positive way to look at it i like it because it's just i'm today's one of those days i'm kind of zen i'm just like well this is the way that it is and let's all just stay the fuck home and get this over with because you know the longer we stay you know now at home the shorter this will hopefully be that's my thing is and I, and my final thing here if anybody needs a mental health break because and again as much as I'm I, I you know and I'm certainly not making it sound trying to make it sound like I don't ever watch the news or wallow in the whatever because I do sometimes because you can't because you do want to know what's going on and you want to know am I supposed to go outside or not you know whatever so if anybody gets sort of overwhelmed um, Bill Gates did um, uh, an ask me anything on Reddit a while back like 10 days ago maybe and he actually reposted on his site, uh, BillGatesBlog.com, I think is what it's called, which is great because then you don't have to deal with Reddit's like sort of eye eye gouging, you know, layout. But mm-hmm. if you if you start to get like overwhelmed, go read. He did like thirty one questions, I think, where people asked him just questions about COVID nineteen and how it's going to play out, and he gave his responses. And the thing is, I forget who said this, but you know, when someone says what. You know, when someone says something that's true, at least based on the best of their knowledge, you can just tell when someone knows what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. You right. can just tell. And the great thing about a guy like Bill Gates is that he doesn't ever paint an overly rosy picture to make you feel better. And he also doesn't wallow in gloom because he feels like it's, you know, it's what he's supposed to do. He gives you like the unvarnished truth, you know, as as completely as he can and it actually made me feel a lot better reading that guy's take on it, knowing that, A, there are, you know, despite what we sometimes see on any number of screens around us, there are a lot of intelligent people out there who not only understand what probably needs to be done, but have the resources to do it and the will and energy to put those resources into effect. It's all well and good to be smart. It's all well and good to have money. It's mm-hmm. all well and good to be motivated. But there's several people out there, more than several, there's a lot of people out there that have knowledge and will and resources 
and they're on the fucking job, and that'll make you feel better if nothing else does. Thank you. That's really good yeah. to remember too. All right, yeah. Well, yeah, I want to go read that. Yeah, yeah, I remember you told me about that, and I meant to look it up. I'm going to look at that this afternoon. I'm here to help. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rick. All right. Well, Rick, thank you, number one, for joining oh, us here today. Actually, go, go ahead and continue your wrap-up <gasps> for a second. Oh, my God. I oh, I think we're going to get a little video there. Um, so uh, for those of you who are watching on the video, we had a little video hiccup. There. <laughs> That's what I was fixing. So, um, But... Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. <gasps> and if you are watching video, this will be posted into the archives here for everybody to see. Rick is now joined by two fluffy little beasts here on the oh my gosh is that willard i can't see Do anybody both? knows a groomer <gasps> never never oh my gosh willard so, sorry i always want to do that yeah so uh, <laughs> when i went to uh, drop off the mic for rick last week uh i'm why am i blanking on uh, on the sloth's name Rick. Oh, Philo and Philo, Philo and Willard. Thank you, Philo, Philo. So we were talking about it yesterday. I'm like, you realize that you have two animals that, you know, you're saying they're dogs, but they're absolutely not dogs. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have a Mario cloud and a sloth. And if you look, <laughs> that is exact. They are the most beautiful little creatures. Look at them. They're so yeah. fluffy. They're just. <laughs> they're just unreal. They're just mutants. You have like Muppets. Like they're they're actual like real life little little fluffy buddies. Yeah, I've, yeah. Willard is just this like he's just a popcorn ball with eyes, as I think you've noticed. And then <laughs> yes. Philo, you can't really get a sense of like what a spare parts mess Philo really is. I mean, I love him. He's, <laughs> he's a mutant, and you're really right when you said that he has sort of a baby sloth thing going on. But it's you know they're both. <sighs> it's uh, you know it, if you got to be marooned, you know you could do worse than to be marooned with with you know these dogs. Oh so. my god, they're cuddling. Stop. I can't even take it. Yeah, I know when it's like with Philo his paws are super long too, so that's when he kind of looks like a sloth and he's just kind of gently walking around cuz he's a little bit shyer than uh, Willard who again, popcorn ball with eyes. <laughs> he's well, Willard's like in this perpetual like white snake video now where his hair gets all crimped when it gets this long, so it's just it's you know, it's insanity. <laughs> <laughs> he was so adorable because it, He's one of those little dogs that would like run away and then, you know, because Rick and I are standing far apart from each other. And then I'd be like, Willard? And it would be like he was a, a fish in a goldfish bowl and like he'd see me for the first time. He's like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh my <laughs> God. Where did you come from? <laughs> oh my God. Who is this? And then he'd forget and then Willard come back. Willard is adorable. He's, he's deeply, deeply stupid, but he's really, really happy and really adorable. That's the best way to be. Oh my gosh, it is this. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Deeply stupid and happy. And adorable. Oh, well, Rick, well, thank you so much. So then we'll, um, you keep taking those mental notes and then we'll just uh, have a chat with you next Monday and see what uh, this uh, next shit show of a week brings for all Who of us. Who knows what the world will bring in a week? <laughs> we'll be here. <laughs> all right. You, you don't have to give them a haircut either. I mean, don't you just want them to stay fluffy forever? I, at a certain point, I just wonder, it's just going to veer on irresponsibility if I just let Willard just become like an absolute, you know, it's just... I mean, and this one's already kind of weird looking anyway. He already just seems, you know, so I don't know. It's, I, I'm going to have no choice. Uh, at right. some point, it's just going to, you know, have to get, get the shave on. So we'll see. Maybe well, maybe that'll be, you know, that'll, maybe that'll be next Monday. You can just talk to me while I sort of. Anyway. I, I was just grew. going to say, like, you That's have to. Once right you there. do this, you must video it. Like, you have to. It's just, it's the responsible thing to do. all right all right well thank you so much rick it's so great talking to you and then we'll um i'm sure we'll talk to you before but then we'll chat with you next week yeah 
Absolutely. All right. Wash your hands. Stay safe. All, All right. right. Thanks, Thanks, Rick. Rick. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Oh, I love him so much. I know. Uh, Those for, dogs are unreal. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean that that was just awesome. So for uh, for everybody who's watching uh, live right now too, for those of you in the supporters club, there's a little hiccup with the video, so I'll have both those videos in there. So we'll have this, and then it'll just kind of be a hiccup. We'll just have to press play on the other video. Awesome. Yep, it'll all work out. But uh, for those of you not, a thank you, thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank yes. you for listening to the show. Thanks for being a part of everything here and we hope you know like we talked about during that like that we can provide some kind of distraction or absolutely and you know even though you know times are still feel kind of frozen like it does keep ticking on so we do have a couple birthdays today oh we do a few birthdays a couple few birthdays first up i want to give a big happy birthday to siren and imogen who are turning nine years old today That's weird nine years old not weird that you're nine just weird that you're they're younger than our podcast i know oh my gosh I know. Yeah. Well, so Siren was, and Imogen. Yeah, so they're turning nine, and uh, we wanted to wish you you girls a very, very happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I'm damn right. And I do have one more, and our buddy Kelly from the Bike Gallery wrote in, and his wife Kelly. Nikki is, uh, she's a nurse. She's out on the front lines, and he wants us to wish her a very happy birthday. She's an ICU uh, nurse in the front lines of this whole thing. It'd be awesome if you guys could give her a birthday shout-out. Kelly, we are more than happy to do that, and we love you, and happiest of birthdays to you, Nikki. Thanks for happy doing what birthday. you do. Thank you. We are so grateful. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Thank you very much for being at the front lines yeah, for all so we, that. Yeah, and so let us know if somebody close to you is uh, having a birthday or if you're having a birthday. Let us uh, give you a little drunken Elvis. Yeah, we can, we can handle some drunken Elvis mm-hmm. for people. I feel, like, I feel like it's our responsibility. It is indeed. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone, seriously, for, for listening. Um, you know, feel free to share the show, let other people know about it. And uh, if there's anything that we can do for you, please tell us. Let us know. You know, we appreciate all the help that people give us. Um, yeah, whatever we can do. We'll have some more happy hours coming up too. Again, you don't have to drink during those, but if we do another one, then yeah, no, you don't have to. Join you do in. what you want to. Yeah, whatever you want to do. But if you want to join in, talk to some people and see some faces. That was so fun. We did another one on Friday, we and did. it was hilariously yeah. fun. Yeah, it was a good time. I mean, it's just it's this is the new normal. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's silly, it's weird, and, and it's just something that we're all doing. So what makes me happy is that you know we do get to hang out. Like it's it's a different group, like the friend. Like group, friend group. I, I can't even talk anymore. Friend yeah. group every time. And, you know, and you can be a part of it. You cannot be a part of it. But it, regardless, it's fun to see everybody's faces. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's just and fun. next time, I will beat you at beer pong. God damn it. You have never beaten I me I need yet. to practice. Not I a single recently. match. Have you ever beaten me? We've got a mini beer, beer pong, pong we've been playing in the... When it's actual beer pong, things. I can kick your ass. But I mean, just like one. destroy. It's very irritating. So oh, I'm going to practice bad. this week. I'm going to practice, god damn it, <laughs> <laughs> with some water and just the thing. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Sure. Um, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. And again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If there's anything we can do, let us know. But just listen to the show and share it. And thanks for all of that. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you tomorrow with more Funemploymentradio.com. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye.